Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. All systems go in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Well, I'm a living thing. And Sherry. Do you know how weird I am? And now, from the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Hello to everybody. I uh, never stay up late on New Year's Eve, but Mary and I went out to a party and got home around 1030. And she went to bed and I thought, you know, I'm just going to put on one of the New Year's Eve shows. I'll probably fall asleep. Well, I didn't. I, I went to the Ryan Seacrest, Dick Clark thing. It, it, to me, it's just odd that that I, I like Dick Clark. I knew Dick Clark, that it's called Dick Clark's Rockin' uh, Eve. Um, and then I watched uh, Andy and Anderson Cooper giggle for a while. The only thing good about that one was you, you, you did see some shots of Times Square. <laughs> They, they did a lot of that. But the two of them, they just make no sense whatsoever. And they had Andy's parents <laughs> on And I'm sure they're lovely people. But they sat there and just kind of looked at each other in their kitchen. And I'm going, Happy New Year. What is going on? So <laughs> I'm I, I surprised bought, you oh, watched any of it. Honestly. I know. So am I. And then I found Miley Cyrus's New Year's Eve. I got to tell you, that was the best of the bunch. She looks incredible. She was singing incredible. And her co-host for a little bit of it was Dolly Parton. And Max has some of the music that was performed. I came in like a Dolly and Don't you ever say I just 
walked away, I will always love you. Yeah, it was interesting that Dolly was doing the high harmony. I mean, they're just both terrific singers. I'm I'm such a Miley Cyrus fan now. This is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, we've got some uh, 
pretty fascinating true crime news in this case of these horrific murders in Idaho and the graduate student from Pennsylvania that's been arrested, Bryant Koberger. Turns out that one of his professors has a close relationship with Dennis Rader, better known as the BTK killer. Really? Yes. Yes. It's a very chilling connection. Dennis Rader's daughter um, actually spoke about it. Um, I found out Friday um, after Koberger's arrest, I saw actually saw somebody mention Dr. Ramslin on Twitter. Um, and then I realized, you know, there was a connection there through DeSales University. Um, like, personally, my first reaction was just like my stomach churned and I, I, I literally physically got ill. Um, I, I live with chronic PTSD. So, um, Anything unexpected can really throw me and knowing that there was now a connection back to Ramsland and she connects to my father. Um, it was just a lot. Hmm. You know, um, when you think about um, when you think about that and who this like, we don't know anything about Brian Koberger yet. Um, but when you think about what he was studying, who he is, these connections. I'm starting to get like a really sick feeling about these crimes. Like, so I'm going to put this not? out there. These I'm going to put this sleeping. out there. My Sicilian second sight. Because remember, I called Susan Smith on day one. Okay. Yeah, you did. I'm getting the feeling. One of the things that Brian Koberg was studying for his master's degree was how criminals felt when they committed the crime. And he mm-hmm. never got that thesis project off the ground for a variety of reasons. He ran out of time was what one of his professors said. But when I read that, um, my stomach flipped. He was doing his thesis on how criminals felt at the moment they committed the crime. Why do I have the sick, awful feeling that he wanted to test that for himself? Um, I think that's a possibility. And, and not, think, not just for scholastic Uh, reasons. I mean, obviously there's something wrong with him. Um, It could be that he just had the feeling that there was going to be some sort of a high, whether it's a sexual sort of high or whatever, in committing those murders. Well, whatever the high was, the fact, and it's all circumstantial, right? So one thing may have nothing to do with the other, but the fact that that was his particular area of interest in his criminal justice studies, what does the perpetrator feel like? What is, in, right. what is happening inside the perpetrator at the moment these acts are committed? And then this seemingly random attack on these four students yeah. in their beds. I don't know, y'all. I think, I think this one is going to unfold in ways that are going to leave all of us with our jaws hanging at what well, you may be right. are capable because, of. Because we don't know if he had any connection to them, whether this was a random crime or that it was motivated in some kind of way through some relationship he had with any of those uh, students who were killed. Oh, my gosh. Um, is the, you know, the feeling right now that he did not know any of them? That is the feeling, yeah. Yeah. That it was just he targeted them at random? Yeah. And then maybe wanted to see what it felt like to... Brutally, I, what? Oh my God, people! That's sick. People, I I would honestly rather be locked in a room with my incontinent, blind, insane dog than with any random stranger off the street. At least I know what Sam's capable of. You know? Exactly. Not much, but at least and, I know. And, and it ain't good either, right? <laughs> 
We got morons in the news coming up for you next. We have comedian Michelle Miller McNair. Uh, we've got some really great stuff for you on today's show. This is Bob and Sherry. Let's do it. It's Bob and Sherry. Get these morons off the air. With morons in the news. Sometimes in this life, you have to step back and say, if I do this, what's the payoff? Let's say you're a radio personality and you've been asked to do a personal appearance at 8 o'clock in the morning at a pizza restaurant in a broken down shopping center and the restaurant is not open and the temperature is in the 30s. You as a radio personality, who could that <laughs> You need to step back and say, eh, what's the payoff? The same thing comes into play if you are a thief. The person suspected of breaking into Shoe Supply, which is a sneaker store in Worcester, Massachusetts, attempted to flee law enforcement, but was caught in a tree. Massachusetts State Police used an infrared camera attached to a helicopter to find this guy. It happened at 2.15 in the afternoon on a Friday. The Massachusetts State Police responded to a call for help from the Worcester Police, who were attempting to arrest the suspect, who, as I mentioned, was in a tree. Uh, He went into the tree after an approximate 20-mile chase, State Police said. They put down a tire deflation device to stop his car, which is a 15-year-old Mercedes. When the suspect's car ran over the uh, stakes, the car crashed into the woods by the road and the suspect ran away from the police. They brought in canine officers and a state police helicopter with, as I said, an infrared camera searching the woods and they found the uh, suspect 25 to 30 feet off the ground in a large tree By the way, there were no leaves in the tree, so you're a little easier to find this time of the year in Massachusetts. He climbed down and he was taken into custody. Uh, He was arrested for breaking and entering, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. You just engaged a police helicopter, which is very expensive. That's thousands of dollars. But I guess you're going to get stuck with it. You have two different police departments coming after you. So the amount of manpower to get this guy was fairly substantial to say nothing of the canines who were out there chasing you down. All of that for, is it a a rare piece of jewelry? Is it a priceless art painting? Did you break into like a bank? It's a sneaker store. And nobody uses cash anymore, Bubba. The most you'd get would be a couple of hundred bucks. And now you're literally up a tree with no but leaves. Maybe, maybe in those January fly new, in Massachusetts. Maybe those fly new kicks he stole helped him get up that tree. I hope maybe so. Maybe he was just hoping that nobody I would look so. up and that yeah. the dogs couldn't smell his track. I think that we can trace a lot of these kind of morons in the news stories back to the end of Saturday morning cartoons. I feel like many generations of American children learned how to act from Looney Tunes and also how to commit crimes from Looney Tunes. Like anybody that's ever watched the Roadrunner or Bugs Bunny could have told this guy it's a terrible plan. Terrible plan. I know. Terrible plan. You're exactly right. I mean, yeah. I got no fight with My Little Pony, but you don't learn these important life lessons from My Little Pony. <laughs> no, you I'm do sorry, not. I'm sorry, you just don't. Thank you, Mel let's Blank. Go to, let's go to today's moron of the day. It comes to us out of Los Angeles. Um, an inmate. 
being held by the county sheriff's department, attempted to escape from a moving police cruiser on the freeway while it was driving. So he's handcuffed. And I don't know, I guess the window was down or partly down. Mm -hmm. He manages to squeeze his body through the window and then he face plants face first in the middle of the freeway. And we have video of this because the people traveling in the car behind the sheriff's cruiser, when they saw some stuff going on with this inmate trying to get out the window, they yeah, did yeah. what any red-blooded American would do. They picked rolled. up their phone and they rolled video. Rolled video. You got to. This is at 5 o'clock at night on I-5 in Southern California. He face-planted on the freeway. And it, the only reason that he's probably here to tell the story is that traffic was so heavy that it was moving really, really slow. The next thing you see is they slam the brakes on the cruiser and the deputy comes out and drags him back into the car. They also used pepper spray on him. So not only did he face plant on the tarmac, then mm. he got pepper sprayed, then he got shoved back in the cruiser, and then he got transported to lock up. And now mm. everyone on YouTube is making fun of him, and this story is going <laughs> viral around the world. You know why this is America today? This is a perfect example of America today. They see this going on. They see a prisoner trying to escape a police car. And what's the first instinct? Is it, let's call the state police and say that they've got a problem up ahead. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, Mary, we got to get this video here. You know how many likes we'll get from this? God, I'm going to send this to Heather. She'll love it. That's exactly what they did. You get the video first for TikTok. Then you alert the authorities. Those are the orders. You have to have priorities. All right. That is Morons in the News. We'll post this one up on Facebook. It's our Moron of the Day straight ahead. I know you think you've heard everything about Titanic, but I swear every week a new story comes to light. This has nothing to do with Jack and Rose and the door. This is a Titanic story you never knew about. And someone just stumbled across it. It's next. It's Bob and Cherry. The Fun Size Podcast. A shareable taste of the show. At our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. This is such a wild story about Titanic that you've probably never heard. So the ship had an arrangement with one of the rail lines. And they called it the Boat Train Express. And first class passengers would travel from London to Southampton to board White Star and Cunard passenger liners. And of course, Titanic was a White Star liner. So these train cars were designed to look and feel like the first class on Titanic. And it was a great big deal for first class passengers to ride in this incredible luxury and opulence on the train from London. And they would disembark from the train and go immediately to their luxurious accommodations aboard Titanic. But of course, we know how that story ended. They got off that train, they boarded Titanic, they hit an iceberg, and the rest is history. So what happened to the train? Well, after that terrible day in April of 1912, they pulled those trains apart and turned them into ambulance compartments and used them in the First World War. Then they refitted them again and evacuated troops from Dunkirk in World War II, moving them from Dover to London. Mm. And then... They just pushed them off onto an unused railway siding and they sat there until the 1970s. 
A heritage railway company bought them and said, we're going to restore them and preserve them. But it never happened. And in, two, in the year 2000, these train cars ended up in Wales where they languished some more and they've been found again. And someone has created the Titanic Boat Train Heritage Trust. They're trying to save about half a million dollars. They're going to restore them so that people can visit them. That is a wild little piece of Titanic history, is it not? That's a smart business move, too. You know, if they can get the plans for the way those trains looked back then, and they have enough cars, yeah, the Titanic, the train to the Titanic, you know, the luxury train to the Titanic, I could see that being very popular. A terrible tragedy, but then they were used in wartime for something good. It's a great story. We'll post this link up so you can check it out if you're a Titanic nut. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Michelle Miller-McNair. Oh, I told you, like, I, I lost the weight. Here's the thing. You can be beautiful no matter what size you are. Can we agree on that? Woo! You may not be everybody's cup of tea, but you're going to be somebody's milkshake. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know how big I was, I, okay? Here's the truth. First, this is a safety precaution, okay? I told y'all I was over 300 pounds. If you're a certain size, there are things you should not wear. Can we agree on this? Yeah. Me and you, sir. Okay. You should not wear animal print if you're the same size of the animal. <laughs> from the south you will get shot (laughs) I told that joke at a bar one night and a woman up front said anybody can wear snake skin it's slim and the guy beside of her goes not if it looks like you ate a cow I was like y'all been married more than five years true though like any more than five if you're married more than five years you can start saying stuff like that less than five years you still like them (laughs) you know i'm right anybody been married more than 10 years you guys are married to each other okay what you're for your anniversary happy anniversary Let me be the only gift you gave her. 
Well, happy anniversary. How long have you been married? 13 years. That's awesome. You got kids. How many? Three. Congratulations. Y'all can cheer for that. Jeez. I'm scared. Like, what's wrong with them? They got a sister. There's a sister wife at home, isn't there? That's what's happening. Look, I said that one night, and the boy, yeah, she's watching the kids. Not do that again. <laughs> I'm trying. I try to be healthy. Like I really am trying. I, but I love things like Krispy Kreme. <laughs> People who like Krispy Kreme never cheer for it. They just make noises. <laughs> just like what happened right there. I say Krispy Kreme. Nobody goes yay. They go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he did it, didn't he? It was hilarious. <laughs> he wasn't even excited. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme's got a light. Do y'all have the light here that comes on? Some of them say hot and fresh. Some of them say hot and now. That would be the best tattoo ever, wouldn't it? It's, like, it's a tramp stamp right there. This is going way downhill. I love Krispy Kreme, though, because you get there when the light comes on, you see your donuts get cooked, get on a belt, and get in a box. You get there fast enough, you can get on the belt before the cops show up. Back home, you just want to sit out in front of the Krispy Kreme and watch it because it's like a giant bug zapper for fat people. <laughs> but, oh, we're here! <laughs> you can laugh at that. We did it. <laughs> it's like a homing beacon for my family. Michelle Miller McNair will post her set at B O B A N D S H E R I dot com. Coming up on today's show. Uh, We've got some really cool stuff for you, and a mystery, an ancient mystery has been solved, which is going to be fantastic. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Every year, the faculty of Lake Superior State University in Michigan releases their annual list of words they say deserve to be banished. There are 10. Some are phrases, some are just single words. Would you like to hear what these Absolutely. educators say? We Absolutely. need to just get rid of, uh, and, and their reasoning is we're sick of hearing them. They are words or phrases that don't deserve to be around any longer. We need to come up with something else, whatever. These are what they say should be banned this year. I'm going to go from number 10 right up to number one. Number 10, Tony's not going to like this. It is what it is. <laughs> that is the most depressing statement. Like something is happening to, to you or your friends or your job or the world or whatever. And you, right. you tell somebody about it and they go, it is what it is. And what it is is terrible. <laughs> and that, it's just the, it's such a bottom line, like, downer don't you think it it gives the person who says it permission to walk away from your problem all right yeah so if if you say i'll be doggone somehow i have a nail in my head that is what it (laughs) is is is. (laughs) just and then they go somewhere else they don't want to deal with it but you're over here going but there's a nail in my head well yeah it's two shall pass yeah that's right (laughs) Um, number nine is absolutely, I I don't get that. I mean, it's been around forever, but I guess certain, it sounds like a Jersey thing. 
you know I say we're gonna go out you hear absolutely a lot yeah I say that no I say that a lot you say it a lot yeah well you're from that part of the world um number eight is irregardless educators have hated this word forever just say regardless um number seven does that make sense that is an aggressive response it is I'm guilty somebody is how is that aggressive um somebody is running a meeting and you say something and they disagree and come on strong telling you why you're wrong and then cap it off by saying does that make sense you got that's how i use it oh i I, i've seen people use that and and it's like um what you just said is really stupid i've just told you why it's stupid does that make sense (laughs) what 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 are you going to say no i think my stupid comment was right still you know you're done uh number six is amazing she's amazing her hair is amazing his golf swing is amazing what do you think is that is the word amazing been overused Probably. I mean, but the, I mean, sometimes the mashed potatoes are amazing. Like we can all agree you have had amazing mashed potatoes, but yeah. not everything is just amazing. Like what's, right. where do we have room for actual amazement? Like if the skies parted and here comes the fist of Jehovah, like if, if the mashed potatoes were amazing, what do I have? <laughs> but, your, but, your, but your sister's eyebrows, she had them done at the mall. Are they really amazing? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this one, does this not sound like uh, something that you and I, Sherry, would hear at a meeting with uh, a consultant? Bob and Sherry, moving forward, we're going to be <laughs> oh, looking at this sort of a format change or whatever. Moving forward. I hate, I hate when I they hate tell it. us about moving forward. Have you met us? We do two things. We dig in right. and refuse to budge. Or we moonwalk yeah. backward. This moving That's right. forward thing. And and you know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, number four is the word gaslighting, which has in the last year really become, I think mostly because of uh, its use in political circumstances, has been used a lot more than it used to be used. Would you agree? Gaslighting? Yes, but I don't. I think that people are just now sort of coming to grips with what that means and how many ways it happens to us. It happens to us in relationships. It happens to us at work. It happens to us in the world. I don't think mm-hmm. we're done with. I don't think we're done with gaslighting. Do you? Okay, no, probably not. No. Number three uh, in the list of the uh, banished words for the year is quiet quitting, which became a thing, and quiet quitting you know, we talked about it on the show is you're ready to get out of this job that you do not like. And you're just not quite giving it a hundred percent because you know, down the road, you're going to be gone. You know, there's a, um, a, a cousin to that called quiet firing that uh-huh. we've actually seen happen a lot. In fact, I ran into a former coworker over the break Mm-hmm. And just, she described what some things that had happened to her, and she was quiet fired. Quiet firing is when, so if quiet quitting is, you're showing up for work, but you're just basically a warm body in the chair, right? Right. Quiet firing is, you're showing up for work, and they've taken your chair, 
and your computer. And suddenly you're not getting hours. And it turns out there are these meetings that other, your coworkers are attending that you weren't on the invite list. We've all seen that, haven't we? They're pushing you out the door, but they don't want to fire you for whatever reason. Number two, inflection point. We've reached the inflection point, Bob and Sherry. And number one, from the university that does this every single year, Lake Superior State University says the number one word that should be banned is GOAT, the greatest of all time. As in Tom Brady, Serena, what do you think, Max? You, you, this is used in sports probably more I, I, than anywhere I just, else. I get tired of it. I really do. Yeah, it used yeah, to I be the goat was somebody who was a scapegoat who yes. was somebody who did something poor for your team. That's exactly right. And then it became the greatest of all time. I agree. I think it should go. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. So if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that when I say Shay Shay, I'm talking about my grandmother. I named her Shay Shay when I was, I don't know, three years old because she used to crochet and everybody called her Shay Shay after that. So if you're a regular listener, you know that I've, I've kidded about my grandmother being, shall we say, cold. Uh, as a matter of fact, why don't we say cold? And, you know, we've had some laughs that my car, when I was 16, my parents' car I was using uh, broke down, like right in front of her apartment, and she didn't really let me in. <laughs> I went, Shay Shay, I'm broken down outside. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And we just looked at each other. Um, I don't ever recall her t- taking me uh, to her house. Uh, taking me to a movie, <laughs> really nothing at all. But of course, you know, she was a product of the depression and um, I just sort of ignored it and did not go out of my way. I'll have to out myself to uh, be effusive with her. So I'm uh, out a few days ago with my brother having lunch and I don't talk, he's a very private person, so I don't bring him up on the air. He's asked me before, but anyway. Uh, we're out and, you know, it's the time of the year where you reflect on people who are gone. Uh, you, you reflect on family, your your life to a certain degree, especially, you know, those close to you, your mother and father, your siblings and so on. So he and I started getting into a conversation about uh, people in our past. He's five years younger than I am. And he was around a lot longer than I was with my mother and father. I left at 16 and a half and he lived with them for quite a while. So he got a lot of information. And I said, you know, if I had it to do all over again, I wish I would have spent time with mom's cousins. They were really great people. They lived in Westport, Connecticut. They were interesting people. I would have liked to have spent time with them. I really do wish I, I'd spent time with mom more and asked Asked her questions. What was it like living in Harlem when you were going to dental school? What was it like? You know, how did you meet dad? You know, what was it like, you know, on a train with your honeymoon to Montreal, which is where they went? All of these questions. And I said, I wish I would have spent more time with Shay Shay and and really tried harder with her. But I just found her to be very cool toward me. And he said, well, it wasn't just you. She was like that with everyone, with everyone. You understand that she was in a marriage where they both hated each other. 
And I said, oh. what are you talking about? She said, uh, her husband, my grandfather, uh, who I have one image of, him looking down at me as I walked by. Beyond that, I have no recollection of the guy at all. Never took me anywhere, never threw the baseball with me, nothing. He said they hated each other for almost all of their existence, but they decided not to divorce. And he had a girlfriend <gasps> that she was aware of for their entire marriage. Not entire, but uh, after, you know, maybe a decade and would not give up the um, girlfriend. He said, we, we picked her up once. This is my mother and father and he picked her up to take her out to a pizza place, the pizza place, the Rose Garden we used to go to in uh, North Haven. And they drove by. Every time they would pick her up, they would drive by the cemetery where he would, where Pops was buried, and she would pers- purposefully turn her head the other way so as not to gaze upon his grave, which right there was enough to kind of shock me. But then I said, you know, I just wish I, would just wish I was a better grandson. And he said, you need to let that go, and here's why. Your uncle, this is my father's brother, George, who was named after Pops, George. He was the oldest. They had four children. His wife's name was Joan. And uh, they adopted the first one. They thought they were unable to have children. They got my cousin Steve. And then there were three that came along who were biological uh, children. So Joan calls up Shay Shay one day, and they had three at this time, I think. And said, I need to get some chores done and uh, to see uh, a friend of mine in the afternoon. Uh, would it be okay if I dropped the kids off for a couple of two, three hours uh, tomorrow afternoon? And Shay Shay said, no. And then <laughs> here, here's, here's the coup de grace. She said to my mother, describing this situation, she said to my mother, can you believe she tried to pull that on me? Wait, spending time with your grandchildren yeah. is something that we were trying to pull? Trying to pull one wow. on So I guess I was reading the room right. I'm sorry they had a loveless marriage, but, you know, that had nothing to do with me or my cousins or my siblings. You know, that the thing that is mystifying to me, because obviously I, I had the opposite kind of grandmother, no matter what else is going on in your life, like, you love these precious children and they love you. Yeah, you would think. But I think that she was just so, there's no other word, bitter about her circumstances with, with Pops. And, you know, she raised her kids in a difficult time coming out of the Depression and all of that. It had to be difficult. She had a nice house. I went by it a couple of years ago. It's beautiful. Um, that's, I mean, it's not big, but it's, it's a very nice house. <laughs> wow, wow. But it set, you know what, in a way, it set me free. And for those of you who are saying, how can, how can you talk about your family this way? They've, they've, they've all, they're all gone. In a, in a better place with uh, more happiness right oh, now. Can I, let me but that was you. a mystery solved for me by my brother. 
how can he talk about Shay Shay in this way? Are you a new listener? <laughs> not, we're not going to defend that. She was cold and mean and, and once like left yeah. Bob out on the doorstep. Come on. Right. Wow. So Pops had him a lady on the yeah. side. And when Ooh. she would drive by the cemetery, the head went the other way. Wow. You know, I'm surprised she didn't take him out with a crochet hook. So she had more self-control than we knew. Yeah, yeah, give her credit, huh? So that answers the mystery of why Shay Shay was so cold and mean to you. Wow. It does. It does. And it says just volumes about my father's um, attitude toward life, too. It's, it's just amazing the stamp that we have on our children. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. So Bob just shared um, the story of Shay Shay, his grandmother, who was so mean and cold to him. And for anyone that is critical, like sometimes you don't realize that your family story, even though this was a million years ago, people are still people. Like yeah. my great grandma Pegleg, who was mean as could be, she had a side action. She had a long time mister on peg, the side peg, while her husband was serving in the Navy. Peg leg, yeah. Wow. Peg leg. Well, they say and there's right a now, fetish for everyone. Yeah. Right now, my best friend is going, and I'm single. Shay Shay and Peg leg, yeah, and I'm single. I know. I know. They're I know. like, love is crazy. There's no fire reason to it. It's just the wildest thing when you discover that your relatives and that your family, that they, they were people, and they lived... Like people, you know. Well, I, I mean, I have to guess. Bad decisions. I have, I have oh. to guess that she stayed with my grandfather, despite the fact that he had this girlfriend for the majority of their marriage. She had nowhere to go. I mean, it was a period where women were so dependent upon the guy. You know, there, there were just not that many working outside of the uh, outside of the house. If they were, they're not making a whole lot of money, and the idea. Of, of divorce, especially if you're a Catholic. No way. It was just not, nobody was going to be doing that. No, and so really. she was just stuck with this terrible existence. And, you know, it kind of breaks my heart. And, and now that we know that, like we can, we feel compassion for her, but that does yeah. not justify how awful she was to you. She was no. awful to you. No. Lots of people have bad circumstances in their life and they're still nice to people. That's for their grandchildren. Yeah. Her grandchildren who's That's standing on her doorstep. Shay Shay, I'm stranded. She closes the door in your face. Come I know. On. Come on. I know. No one is allowed to criticize Bob over this. No. Thank you. No. You can criticize him over something else, but you cannot criticize him over this. And maybe you don't criticize a, him over something else. Oh my god, it's you. a new year. Yeah. Give the man Why a break for trouble for me. Jeez. Give the man a rest. It's only the fifth of January. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com. Code RADIO10. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It is talk back time. Now you can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERI, or you can download our app, which is free and super fun because you can listen to the show and our podcasts and text the studio and contests and play games and all that kind of stuff. And there's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. If you tap it and talk, an app will do all the hard work. Hi, Bob, Sherry, Max, and Doc. I'm Frankie in Stockton, California. You frequently talk about funny things fathers do, and I thought I'd share a story about my dad. My dad was a child in Germany during World War II, and my mother was a child in England at the same time. They both suffered through hunger and rationing, and as a result, we never, ever threw anything away in our house, but found a way to repurpose everything. When I was in high school, my mom bought a pineapple, and it somehow sat on the kitchen counter for six months. I decided to cut it up one day and found it had gone rotten inside. I didn't know what to do. We never threw food away. My dad comes into the kitchen, and I show him the pineapple. I know exactly what to do, he says. That pineapple isn't rotten. It's fermented. Then dad starts rummaging through cabinets. In my mind, I suddenly remember how dad told me that his father, my opa, used to brew moonshine at the end of the war to make money, and my teenage dad used to help him. In 30 minutes flat, my father built an alcohol still on our kitchen stovetop using (laughs) pots and pans and utensils and a funnel. The whole time he's doing this, I'm thinking, no way am I ever telling my high school friends about this one. My dad then proclaims that he needs yeast and starts rummaging through the cabinets again. My mom comes into the kitchen, sees the improvised still, and asks what's going on. I tell her dad's building a still so that he can make pineapple alcohol. My mom shrugs, nonchalantly says, okay, and heads back towards the living room. My dad worked all day at the still and ended up with a thimbleful of pineapple alcohol, which he was very proud of. Mom made sure to never buy a pineapple ever again. So that's my story about Dad and the pineapple alcohol still. I love listening to you guys. Have a great day. (laughs) Oh, that is so sweet. You know what I took away from that? Um, First of all, her mother was a very smart woman. Woman. She just looked at the guy making a still, trying to get moonshine from a pineapple, and you went, okay, and goes back and watches TV or whatever. She didn't get into it. There is no stopping him. Yeah. It was it was going to happen. I also thought it was interesting that her father was a child in Nazi Germany, and the mother was brought up in, in Great Britain. And they after the war, they got together. There was so much in her story that yeah. was that stood out, including the fact that they bought this pineapple. But it was so special that they didn't cut into it, which is how we ended up turning it into moonshine. That right. this pineapple was more of like a symbolic decoration on the kitchen counter. Because it was so exotic and special that you can't just cut into it. We're waiting. Haven't you done this with food or known people that do this with food? Well, we can't just 
eat it. We're waiting for an, a reason to eat it. And then, of course, right. you got to well, go course, still. If you look at the history of pineapples, I think you and I talked about this once, and you go way back to like the 1700s in Great Britain, and I think in Germany, one of the um, symbols of being very wealthy was serving your guests pineapple. They'd have to come from, you know, the South Pacific on a, on a ship, yeah. and then, then you would buy it. It would cost a tremendous amount of money compared to other fruits. And if your guests showed up and you were serving them pineapples, you were a big deal. You pro you got a hold of a pineapple from Hawaii or wherever. Well, and now, I mean, the pineapple now has morphed into a symbol that the people's movie critic can't put near his camper for fear he'll be thought a swinger. I mean, there's just oh, the pineapple, right. right? Oh, tell everybody that because it, it used to mean if you had a pineapple on, you know, the, 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 the mat in front of your house, it meant welcome. But it means something else if you're well, at an it, RV camp? It very much means welcome. It means welcome and bring a friend if you're at a campground. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. So we were sitting here talking amongst ourselves. We loved this talk back that we had that we just played about the dad making pineapple moonshine out of a spoiled pineapple. Because, you know, he and his wife grew up in the wreckage of World War II, and they were thrifty and didn't want to waste anything. Right. Um, if you have a story in your family that's just like some quirky, weird little nugget, we would love for you to share it. And we'll put them all together and feature them on our on our Oddcast podcast. So you can leave it for us as a talkback at 844-52-SHERI. Or if you have our free app, it's free in Google Play and the Apple Store, you can tap the microphone and talk, or you can reach out, DM us on Facebook or Instagram or at hello at bobandsherry.com, and we'll track you down to get your story. I had kind of an interesting family story happened over the uh, the Christmas break. Uh, Mary and I were at the beach, had our children come, grandchildren come. It's very nice, very nice. And uh, we were eating in almost every single night. We did not go out to restaurants because, you know, it's hard with children, little ones. And so finally they, uh, they went home and we went, whoo, I don't want to have to cook tonight. So we went out to an Italian restaurant, a big one uh, near where we live. And it was very, very crowded. And our reservation, they told us uh, it's going to be about 20 minutes. So we said, well, there's a couple of seats at the bar. We're just going to go to the bar and we'll order a drink and talk and, you know, everything's fine. So we go to the bar and there's a couple to our right. There's a woman. And her husband, he, uh, she's an attractive looking woman and she has, uh, you know, ca casual dress on. He has on a zipper sweater, like men, like it's a big thing. Now you see them everywhere. You know, the sweater that zips up and you can put a shirt underneath it if you want to, or a t-shirt or yeah, a regular yeah. shirt. Like this guy's got one of those. Zip. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's got one of those on. He has unzipped it right down to mid chest. And he's got no shirt underneath it. So Shut in up, January, no, no in, in uh, the end of December, we're looking at chest hair uh, coming out of that. And he's drunk. We watched him down in the 20 minutes we were there, two martinis completely 
shot the two martinis down and his wife had a martini and he reached for her martini. So that would have been two and a half martinis. And a martini is like at least two drinks. So we're talking about four to five drinks in 20 minutes. Is uh, She took it back, by the way. She knew that he's he's loaded and he wants to talk. And he says, well, how are you folks doing? You having a you having a good holiday season? And you know me. I just I just I, I never met a stranger. Right. Ever. For a re- for a reason. <laughs> and so I said, yeah, yeah, we're doing good. And he going, yeah, well, we're having a heck of a time. And I figured, OK, this guy's engaging me. I got it. I got to go that way or I'm going to look like a real stiff. So I said, uh, you're, you're from out of town. Yeah, we're from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. You ever been there? I said, yes, I have. Yes, I have. It's very nice. Very nice place. Yeah, it's nice here. I wouldn't want to live here, but uh, it's nice here. Oh, okay. You know who you look like? I go, here we go. It's going to be Bob Costas. Bob again. Costas. Bob Costas. You look at him. And, and she, he's touching his wife's shoulder. Look at this guy. Does this guy, and by, he's this loud. This guy looks exactly like Fred Armistead. On Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Look at this guy. And then he gets off the stool. And and I kind of knew how Fred looks, but I don't watch SNL all that much anymore. I'm going, Fred Armistead. Fred Armistead. And he he pulls up Well, let me just stop you, Bob. Fred Armistead plays Uncle Fester in Wednesday on Netflix. Oh, he does? He's a great Uncle Fester. Fester. He's awesome as Fester. I don't think that you look like Fred Armisen. I think you look like Bob Costas, but go on. Go on. Did I mispronounce his name? I thought it was Armistead. It's Armisen. Armisen. He's he's got the picture of Fred, and he now gets off his stool and he comes around to hold it up next to my head so that my <laughs> wife can see that she's married a guy that looks just like him. He is asking the, the, the female bartender, look at this guy. He looks exactly like Fred. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and then stupidly I say, well, a lot of people say Bob Costas a lot. You look like him too. <laughs> I did not, I didn't know what to do with this guy. I haven't come upon somebody like that in so long. This is what happens when you leave the house. We've talked about this, right? We have talked about this. It is. What did, how, does, how does this end? I'm surprised. You, you were going along pretty friendly. It sounds like you didn't, you know, pull a No, I didn't get up. ugly at all. No, I, I committed How'd... to, that's a new thing for this year. Um, if, if anything like this happens, I just commit and I just go with it and I don't complain. And I, ju- I just embraced. Hang on, uh, the the whole sit the whole sit <laughs> don't write that down in the book of Bob come on that belongs in the book of Bob so anyway it's today Max January fifth yes a brand new year say that again um you're you're just going to go along with whatever I'm happens. just yeah if I'm in a, if I'm in an awkward situation I'm just going to embrace it and just kind of you know ride the wave of awkwardness yeah. The, uh, the, okay. the awkward, awkward surfer. The awkward, the awkward surfer. surfer. That could be yeah. the name of your biography. Have you ever thought about yeah. that? I just did. In an now. awkward situation, I'm yeah. just going to embrace the awkwardness and go with it. All right. It's, well, it's I'm really unfair that I that I look. I, I'm told I look like a guy whose name I'm having trouble pronouncing or remembering <laughs> how to pronounce. It just. 
Wait till you right. watch Wednesday and see him as Fester. I think you're going to be I'm, very I'm going pleased. to. Yeah. 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 I bet I will. Yeah. And just go with it. Just yeah. go with it. All right. The first entry for a new year in the book of Bob. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's Bob and The Shay. Awkward Surfer. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this shit. I cannot believe this So, okay, this is really random. Brace yourself. So um, my uh, history app went off today and told me that on this day in 1933, they started building the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. And then um, because my kids say that they they laugh, they say, like, I have a brain like a crow, meaning I'll spot something and get fixated on it and then fly off into another aspect of it and so on and so on until I'm following them around the house, boring them to tears with, hey, did you know? Guess what I just found out. So now I'm going to do it to you. (laughs) So after I saw that, like, oh, wow, they started working on it in this day. 1933. So then I did a little dive and I learned a couple of things that I didn't know that gave me the willies. For starters, while they were working, two years later, June 1935, they're working on the bridge and an earthquake strikes. Mm. There are workers who are on the very top of the bridge's unfinished South Tower. And according to the workers, at the moment the earthquake struck, that tower began swaying 16 feet in each direction. There were a Whoa. dozen guys on the top of the tower, Bob, and they had no way to safely get down. So the tower would sway toward the ocean and the guys would go, here we go. And then it would sway back toward the bay. Here we go. And it pendulum back and forth, back and forth. Um, people were made different back then. Can you imagine going to work and having that experience? You're on the top of that tower so high up as an earthquake is buckling the ground beneath you and you're riding that tower like a pendulum. Can you imagine? Have you ever seen a photograph? I just saw one the other day because they're always doing uh, some sort of work on the Golden Gate Bridge, even now. Usually it's painting. Uh, It was the shot actually of a painter at the top of one of those, uh, what did you call it? One of those towers. towers, the very top. And it was shot over his shoulder. And, and I just say to myself, this guy is up there with a paintbrush and a can all day long, looking down at that. I mean, you have to be a certain sort of person to do that. Was, was, was the, was the tower built, was the bridge built to accommodate something like that? Or did they discover, hey, the bridge will still hang if it goes 16 feet one way or the other. I I wonder if the design as far back as that took into uh, account the uh, possibility of earthquake, which has always been in San Francisco. I don't know, but clearly they did something right. If that tower was able to, 16 feet is a lot of sway. Here's another thing that I learned while they were building the Golden Gate Bridge they strung a safety net. They suspended it underneath the bridge. It was 10 feet wider than the bridge and 15 feet longer than the bridge. And so they suspended that while it was under construction. And a whole bunch of people had their lives saved. 19 workers had their lives saved. And Mm -hmm. the the 19 workers that fell off the bridge and were caught in that safety net, um, 
they were members of the halfway to hell club. It was like a real special <laughs> thing. If you fell off the bridge while you were working on it, isn't that wild? Okay. So everyone knows that the golden gate bridge isn't really golden. It's kind of orange. Here's how that happened. And I never knew this either. The United States Navy wanted the bridge painted in blue and yellow stripes because they said that would make it more visible, especially mm-hmm. with the fog that often hangs over yeah. San Francisco. Right. right. So, um, they or that was the plan. It was going to be a blue and yellow striped bridge. When the steel arrived in San Francisco to be um, turned into the bridge, it was painted in a primer that was this bright burnt red orange color. And the architect of the bridge said, you know what? This is actually more visible than blue and yellow stripes are going to be. So that's primer. That's why the bridge is that color. Is that right? You know, it depends on what time of the day you're you're looking at the bridge. If you've ever been there, if if the light is catching it just right, it does look kind of golden. It does, yeah. If it, especially if it's um, yeah, uh, uh, later in the day, like what's right, the golden right. hour, late in the afternoon. And finally, this is the last thing I'm going to tell you because it was uh, um, it to me it gave me the willies. Well, they they have um foghorns that play different sounds depending on what how bad the fog is and apparently like boats know the different sounds of the golden gate bridge did not know that here was Mm -hmm. the thing that gave me the willies so when the golden gate bridge celebrated its 50th anniversary that was in may of 1987 50 years right they had a bridge walk and so so many people came to walk across the golden gate bridge to celebrate its 50th anniversary more than 300,000 people packed themselves onto that bridge. It was so much that the bridge in the middle sagged seven feet Ah! because of the weight (laughs) and it flattened the arch. So, you know, the bridge has like that iconic arch shape. It flattened it. And when officials saw that the bridge was sagging, they shut it down because 600,000 additional people wanted to walk across it that day. And are, are are you not surprised that there is no one that would say, Jimmy, uh, how many have come across? Uh, it was about uh, 240,000 are out there right now. Well, Jimmy, that's almost a quarter of a million. Maybe we should hold back. Nobody said that? There, 300, there was no, people? There was no calculation. Like, how many people can be on the bridge before the bridge sags seven feet in the middle? Yeah, I Nobody know. did that math. That's because they're... There haven't been adults in America in decades. <laughs> I've not had a single yeah. grown-up in charge Evidently in decades. Not. Yeah. So I know that this was like completely random, but isn't that like super interesting to know? I was now, you know, it may be random, but I was glad to hear something somewhat positive about uh, San Francisco. The New York Times last Sunday ran an article about the streets of San Francisco, and uh, if they're not empty, they're disgusting. A lot of them right now for a variety of reasons, which I think you can probably guess at. It's uh, the city is a mess and it's just shocking because it really is one of America's urban jewels. And uh, it's become tarnished in recent years for a variety of reasons. Because there are no adults. We have no adults left. Nobody wants to be put on hard shoes and be a grown up. We'll post this up on our Facebook. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. You know, if you're a really famous person and you have uh, somebody who represents you, 
uh, what what do they call them? Not a manager, but a public relations an person. And a yeah. public relations uh, person. You've got to have a good one because just one slip up and everything that you're doing just totally changes. Rod Stewart is doing something really good. His wife, Penny, has a campaign, uh, hashtag chat menopause, to raise awareness of menopausal symptoms which, of course, uh, begin around the age of 45 and go through the age of 55 for most women. And uh, Rod supports his wife's hashtag chat menopause, and I think that's a wonderful thing. What I think they did wrong was, in the press release, Rod Stewart revealed that his wife, Penny Lancaster, is his first spouse to go through menopause while still married to him. Oh, Rod. It's a woman's dream. <laughs> Let's see Does now. Does he want a trophy? Does he want a prize? Oh, Let's Rod, see thank now. You've, uh, Rod, you've been with me quite for... a while. You're, you're about to turn yeah. 40. Uh, about time for a new model here. Uh, Rod, thanks for giving the old girl a home. It's like he rescued yeah, a cat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The first, I don't know, I mean, how many times has Rod been married? I, I mean, I'm the kettle I don't right even now. Know. I want to say five. Five seems right. So uh, one out of five. He's 77 right now. If they had just left that out somehow, uh, it would have worked much better for him. <laughs> but giving the old girl, giving the PR old girl person. a forever home, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> He's he's only been married three times, but uh -huh. he's had one, two, three, four, five, six additional partners that he's had at different points. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. some of them you would have assumed that he was married to at that time. Right, right. But anyway, it's hashtag chat menopause, and, you know, I think that's a, a very good thing. And hopefully <laughs> Rod the Bod can get through it. Good luck to you, Rod. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com code radio 10 now let's open up the bob and sherry archive vault you are going to love this one max found it and we have been laughing about this one for days ladies and gentlemen presenting the heavy metal parrot <laughs> Ha <laughs> 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 
You have got to call that Eric I, Robert Plant. I know. We got he's doing he's doing uh I've got another one that I found. He's doing oh uh, my like goodness. stairway to heaven. I wanna hear it. I wanna hear all of it. that song with Joan Jett where there was whistling at the end (laughs) that's amazing It, it is the guy's name is Frank Maglio who's playing the guitar yeah yeah you know the parrot changed its um it sounds when oh, when the intensity good, yeah. when the intensity went down it became much more uh, mellow. <laughs> Wait, I've got a <laughs> you want that another is one? I, yes, yeah. you could listen yeah. to this all day. Start me up. Sounds a little like Jagger. I just want to get serious for one second. I want to speak to the hearts of my, all of my friends in terrestrial radio. Now, this is a format, guys. This is a format you can own. You become the heavy metal parrot station, parrot yeah. 92.9 or whatever. Um, yeah. I, people would tune in in droves. And they would listen. You're right. You know, seriously, if you took that and then added dogs that's, that sing along with music and but cats. There was, a, there was a heavy metal group that the lead singer was a dog called K9. Was a dog. K9ers. Yeah. yeah. The parrot's better, though. The, par- the parrot cuts all the animals. <laughs> the parrot's amazing. Because you're right, Bob. This parrot, this parrot isn't singing the same song. No. This parrot is feeling it. Is there more? Can we listen to this? Yeah. Here comes the sun. See, as soon as it's kind of light and air... Well, maybe I spoke too quickly. But he seems to be more light and airy along with the music. He was just full on it, though, with that first heavy metal song. What's so funny is... when you see the, When you see the video, he kind of... He sort of stands and sort of preens as he's singing. Robert Plant, once again. We're back to Robert Plant. 
This is so great, Max. That's that may be one of the that best things so I've heard in a long time. Yeah. And and like every other uh, person with ears attached to the side of their head, there are some classic rock songs I can just never hear again. I know. But this parrot's bringing something new and funky and fresh. Totally does. Going out, let's hear a little bit more. Yeah, own it. Own it. Dominated king. Yeah. Point, point, point at the audience. Point at the audience with your uh, with your wing. There you go. <laughs> That is so good. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Okay, new year, a lot of changes for a lot of people. If you're planning a job change, maybe you have an interview scheduled in the next few days. I came across something that I wish I'd have known like a long time ago. It's the best and worst answers when an employer asks you, what's your biggest weakness? So I've got the five best answers and I have the five worst. And I bet you're going to be surprised by what some of the worst answers are. (laughs) I want to hear them. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a joke. Like it's not somebody who went and oh, shot a man just to watch him die. So we'll (laughs) do the. I understand. I care too much. That's number five. (laughs) That's number five. To be on there, as the worst (laughs) answer, I care too much is number five. Number four, I'm too passionate. Number three, I don't have any weaknesses. <laughs> are, are these the best or worst answers? I these can... are the worst. <laughs> the, worst. the worst. Okay. All right. Number two, I work too hard. And the number one worst answer you can give to the question, what's your biggest weakness? Oh, yeah. I'm a perfectionist. So huh. a couple of these I get. Why do you think, because um, we all laughed. We all knew I care too much was going to be on there. Why do you think that's on the worst list? Just because it sounds like total BS? It sounds like, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. I, it's pathetic the, sounding. These are the five best answers to the question, what is your biggest weakness? Number five, I tend to take on too much at once. Yeah. That's a very... Yeah. Um, honest. If that's true about you, that's an honest answer, and it will it will tell your future employer a lot about you. I think. Number well, not four, only not only that, but if that if that is a flaw, the employer knows that's easily pulled back, changed, and less of a problem. Yeah, yeah. Number four, I don't delegate enough. Number three, these are the best answers to the question: What is your biggest weakness? Number three, mm-hmm. I'm very self-critical. Number two, mm-hmm. I'm really scared of public speaking. And the number one, you want to take a shot at what the number one best answer to what's your biggest weakness? Best give answer you can give. Here. Give me a second here. The public speaking thing, that's interesting to throw that out there as number two, because that is the biggest phobia that people have in America yep. for whatever reason. I, I know, you know, with what we do, it's not a big deal, but for a lot of folks, it, it really is. The best answer... And the, the person who came up with this is the director of one of the world's biggest recruiting companies. So she, she kind of knows, because this is all she does all day long, is help people find jobs. The best answer to what is your biggest weakness? Um, I was going to say I'm honest to a fault, but that's, you know, not going to really get the job done. Um, oh, so you're one of these people that just says whatever is on your mind, and when you get called out on it, you go, hey, that's just me calling it like I see it, being honest. I wouldn't hire you. And Oh, man, there's no way. You wouldn't hire that person either, and you know it. 
You mean by saying I'm honest to a fault? Yep. I'm going to I'm going to make a note of that. I'm going to flag that. Honest to a fault. Mm-hmm. I'd feel guilty if you paid me this salary. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's the number one thing that employers it is the, According to this recruiter, it is the greatest answer to the question, what is your biggest weakness? I'm a workaholic. Close. You're in the neighborhood. Um, Here's the answer. I am just so competitive. Too competitive sometimes. That's the best answer to what is your biggest weakness. Because once again, that can be pulled back. That that be because well you want some everybody's in competition whether it's a radio show whether you're selling uh, dishwashing detergent whatever it is you're usually competing with somebody you know if you have if you have like the guy who invented the flexi dog leash probably had about ten years with the uh, uh, with the patent and nobody could come after him but then at a certain time there's going to be other people so he's got competition now right. So you want somebody who's going to go after the competition rigorously, and yet you don't want someone who's insane. That can be pulled back. You can't go the other way. If you have somebody who's basically, you know, eh, whatever, you know, we're all getting through life. Does anybody really need these? Dogs? It, it's hard to amp somebody like that up to be competitive. It's easier to pull back and, uh, and, and, and. Um- I'm with you on that. If you if if someone is not competitive at all, forget it. Right. That's forget it. That, you're, I swear, unless you're, you're a social worker. Yeah. 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 It does depend on you know what the uh, what the position is. But I knew, that, for instance, I knew that you and I would work well together after about a week because we had a lot of things that were just in common. We are both very competitive. We're we're honest uh, and um, you know. What else are we? We're competitive. We're honest. We know when it's too early for a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Not you. Not everybody does, okay? Not everybody, Not everybody does. does. No. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. My husband just poked his head in and waved at me to show me that he was enjoying uh, one of his Christmas presents. So let me tell you now what that Christmas present was. I got him a mug that says, good morning, human servant. And there are um, illustrations like line drawings of all four cats and Sam the dog with all their names on it. So it's good morning, human servant, <laughs> Esme, Tiberius, Charles, Larry Munson, Sam Nash. And that is what he is drinking his coffee out of this morning. And I can tell you, he was right surprised when he opened that box on Christmas and found all of his pets waiting for him on that mug. And I thought that was the perfect gift for him, mostly because it's the last thing in the entire universe he would ever buy himself. And yeah. because he has, um, he has morning uh, feeding duty with the critters they come and I really I really see this the most when I'm not working that day and not up that early they come starting at around 5 30 and they sit on his bedside table and stare at him until he wakes up and because he (laughs) keeps because he has piles of crap everywhere including on his bedside table 
sometimes one of them will jump up on there and send everything flying and you can hear from the next room and then he comes stumbling out and he feeds them all their breakfast he takes sam out to go potty so don't you think that was the most loving wifey gift that i could have come up with for him yeah, I do. It's either that or it's a reminder of exactly uh, where he is and not knowing how he got there. It's well, it's when, one or the other. When he opened it and looked at it, he did a double take because <laughs> um, the company that I bought it from, I think it was TrendingCustom.com. They have all the breeds of different cats and dogs. And right. so you you tell them how many pets you have. I had five. And then you go through and you choose your breed for each one. So the drawing on this mug of Sam and Tiberius look the most exactly like Sam and Tiberius. So not only did he have all of their names on it, but their actual little faces. And then good morning, human servant. So when he opened it up and looked at it, he was pretty, he was pretty shocked. Now, I won't say overwhelmed with joy, but definitely pretty surprised to be holding it. And I said to him, he was like, this is, um, this is, I was like, something you would never have bought for yourself. Am I right? Isn't that what Christmas is all about? So he's using it, and that makes me very, very happy. It is amazing how we serve them. I was out walking uh, Finn the other day, and, um, you know, he did his business, and, of course, I'm cleaning up after him. And I looked down at him. Uh, first, I looked around because I don't want people to say, oh, he's really talking to the dog. Um, and I said, you have an amazing life. You have taken over Madison's room as your room. So you have your own bedroom that you can go lounge in all day long. Or you can come in while I'm working and stare at me until I take you out and stop working. And I, you go and I pick it up. And later, I'm going to serve you the very best food that I can and let you sleep on my bed until you're uncomfortable and you go back into Madison's room. What a life! The fact that he has his own room now, um, I'll remind you that when you were a child, you slept in the closet. <laughs> I, I, you know, I almost wish you hadn't. We, we literally, I was literally <laughs> sleeping in the closet of this one-room schoolhouse that, that went with the restaurant. It was just, just dilapidated. <laughs> I forgot. He's... <laughs> You know he's what? He's not though, only Bob, living better; he's living better by just um, an amazing magnitudes. Yeah, magnitude. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? And and here's what I want you to think about: um, as parents, don't we want to give our children better than we ever had? And you're a fur dad, you know. Don't, please don't. No, 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 no. I know you were going to go there, and you know that I hate that. You're, it's so you're, unmasculine. Your first son, um, Finn, oh, is God. you finally have succeeded in giving him a better life than anything you ever knew. He walks on the beach and he has his own room. It's everything yeah. you dreamed of as a child. It's true. You should feel really good about yourself. He's going to want to go to private school next. So I, 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 can't, I can't talk to him. Nothing's too good for your fur son. <laughs> That's what you have to remember, fur daddy. God, don't you aren't you nostalgic for the days in America where if I would have said to Bob, hey fur daddy, it would have meant a really wild Something weekend else. in a dungeon? Yeah, I know, you're yeah. exactly right. Ah!
You are yeah. exactly right. Oh, oh yeah. The other thing, speaking of the beach, I took him out to the beach over the weekend. He ran in the beach. He ran in the water. And of course, he's got sand all over him. He gets a uh, lukewarm bath when he gets back. And I scrub every bit of sand off of him into my bathtub, which I clean up later on. And then I dry him. And then he goes into his bedroom and gets up on the bed yeah. and stares out until, you know, Matt, until uh, Mary comes home. What a life. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, what a good I fur know. dad you are. It's Don't Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. I have a very good friend, and I've known him forever. He lives just on the street from me now. It's just one of those things, how it worked out, and we both like it very, very much. He is a very private person. I, I think I think because of COVID, uh, he can run his business from his house. He and his wife, uh, their kids are grown have been in that house since COVID began, and he has become more and more reticent of going out into the world, like I think a lot of people have. But he said the other day that uh, he wanted to have a Christmas party for, you know, a few of the neighbors. And this is very unlike him. But he does know some people fairly well. And so he threw a Christmas party uh, not long ago. And uh, we all went over there. There were like four or five couples and the invitation was um christmas party five to seven uh food uh, merry make merry drinks and and eats or something like that and so we went over there and everybody was having a really good time and again he has become really not a big fan of people around. He did such a good, he and his wife did such a good job with this party, with the food and the drink and the conversation, and he had a fire lit that people stayed for three hours. <laughs> he was <laughs> in hell. I, he was. I was watching, and I could see the energy going out. They just wanted everybody gone at, at the two-hour limit. But what do you do if people are having a good time, right? Um, I don't know how you, unless you just say like, okay, the party's over. Ha ha. I Turn know. the music off and open Turn the, the music door. off. I think you're stuck. Bob, yeah. can't you just tell them just go upstairs and take a nap like you did that time you had the party at your house when yeah. they stayed so late? I want to defend myself. I did go up because the party went on for six hours. I did go up just to get away, but I came back and jumped in again. He could not do that. He could not just leave. I think he was just stuck. And I called yeah. the next day and I said, hey, man, I'm sorry you threw such a good party. Nobody would leave. I don't know what you do. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry podcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.